Welcome to Thrive Radio, expert visionary and innovative business, life, and relationship advice to live a life of doing the impossible with your host, Amy Montgomery. host, Amy Montgomery, entrepreneur and digital marketing agency owner. Today, my guest is Master Phil Ross. He's a founder of the Body Bell Method, RKC Master. He's a body weight specialist, ACE certified trainer. He's a college professor and ninth degree black belt. He has 40 years of experience as a competitor, a trainer, coach, and instructor. He is the author of Survival Strong and Ferocious Fitness. Master Phil, welcome to the podcast. Welcome, Amy. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. You have achieved so much, and uh, especially in the area of fitness mm-hmm. and co- competition. I mean, it's really unbelievable. So can you share a little bit about how you became passionate about fitness and wow. really what's your journey that has gotten you to where you are today? Yeah, I'll tell you, it's been an incredible journey. I get to meet people like you. I've been all over the world. I've gotten to some places that I never thought I'd be before. And uh, it's all because of my passion and drive for fitness, martial arts, strength, conditioning, and everything. It's funny. I've always been fascinated by training and uh, becoming strong and resilient and being a good fighter, something I always wanted my whole life. I mean, ever since I was a little kid, it could have a lot to do with the fact that my grandfather was a boxing trainer and, and we used to live with them. So he introduced me to the sport and also about being in condition. He does it's important to be in condition. I mean, hey, hey, the guy lived to 94 years old. So maybe he had something right. <laughs> we lived with our grandparents. And well, that influence kind of stuck with me. He'd show me different ways to do sit-ups. He'd go show me how to punch. The first time I worked on a bag was with my grandfather when I was like eight years old. And, and then later on, the, the, the show Kung Fu was on 72 to 76. Yeah. yeah. I love that show. And my dad and I used to watch it. He used to let me stay up late. So I kind of kind of date myself here. We used to stay up late and Kung Fu fight after. And uh, we used to do that until one day I kicked him in the face and gave him a bloody lip. <laughs> so <laughs> it was pretty funny, but it, that was on, it was on for several years. And, and as a matter of fact, the tattoos I have on my forearms are from that show. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, I had, yeah, the tiger and the dragon. Uh-huh. So that, that, you know, Kwai Chen King had a cauldron and he got there pushed his arms up against it and got the uh, tiger and the dragon burned into his forearms. I didn't quite brand myself, but I did get some nice little tattoos there. The funny thing was when we were, when we were kids, like, you know, we didn't have a lot of money and you know, I wanted to get martial arts lessons and they weren't really around in the early seventies. There's very few places that had them. And there's no way my parents were like, no way we don't have the money for it. Da, 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 da. So I would just like buy those Kung Fu magazines and I hit the bag and I lifted weights in the basement. And then I joined the wrestling team, which, you know, is a martial art. And I wound up being lucky enough and decent enough to wrestle in college for a few years as well. But it was, that's where it all got started, that, that journey. Like it was, we had a family of athletes, you know, both my dad and my uncles are all athletes and my grandfather, obviously. And it just kind of was an influence on me. And, and back then, I mean, it's a little bit different now because I, I, I don't see everyone having that, that, that desire to be physical. You know, I see a lot of people sitting here getting physical with their thumbs and behinds on a chair. But but back then, it's what we did. We didn't have iPads or iPhones or anything. You know, we just open the door, go outside and rock and roll and come home when it's time to eat. (laughs) Yeah. What are some of the individuals that have come to you for training? Well, 
all kinds of people. I've, I've trained special forces. I really can't get into the detail of who I trained because I can do it. It's funny. I can do it on my resume. And the same thing with the NFL. I can't talk about specifically what teams and so forth. So you sign yeah. an NDA. But on the resume, I can put it there, which is weird. But I can't put it on social media and discuss it stuff. So, so I've trained some of those people. Trained a lot of local and federal law enforcement. A decent amount of D1 All-American wrestlers and some football players and soccer players and lacrosse players. Usually they come to me with a specific need, like if they want to learn kettlebells or if their back is hurt. Because I'm actually I was featured in the book, uh, The End of Back Pain by Dr. Pat Roth. I gave him the exercises. He was my personal client for 10 years. So I, I gave him these exercises for the back. He's a, a neurosurgeon and he's really into strength training as opposed to just cutting people up. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. Likes to, he likes to fix their backs. Matter of fact, he and I were on a couple of different TV shows too together. So it was pretty cool. But, so I've trained doctors, There's a couple of stars here and there. It's kind of funny. I was training Sean Stewart, Rod Stewart's son. And he used to, he was out in Long Island. He used to drive to Jersey train with me. Like, Why do you come here? He goes, oh, I train with you. I'm like, all right, whatever. So limo driver, take him there. Uh, I mean, he trained him for a while. And all of a sudden, like, I didn't hear from him. Right. And then I see him on Celebrity Rehab. <laughs> oh, my. That explains it. <laughs> yeah, those are, I, I'd say as far as, like, the kind of celebrity people, that's it. You know, mostly I have a lot of young athletes, again, guys who are, had a specific reason or, or hurt or injured. And then I have to get them stronger again. Like I've had some national champion track athletes as well. Yeah. Like, I mean, honestly, it's too many names. Yeah. So here's the thing. Physical therapy, surgeries only get you so far. You need strength training. Uh, this is tried and true. I've, I've seen it so many times. I've done it so many times. If you see a lot of the different testimonials and accolades I get from people that I've worked with, they said, gosh, I was going through therapy, surgery, nine, 10 months, nothing was working. I mean, I fixed some of these people up like six to eight weeks just because they didn't do proper strength training. You know, people don't know about, you know, engaging your rhomboids. They, they don't even know about the erector spinae that go all the way up and down your spine and keeping that in place and packing your shoulders, engaging your lats, tighten the butt, tighten the gut, to one of my other sayings. It, it creates that cylinder of power. So many people just, just don't have any idea about that. When I was a junior, I got three bones broken my back playing football junior high school said I was never going to play sports again that's when I got into lifting weights and really training and I said my thought at 16 years old no idea I'm like well the bones aren't strong and make the muscle strong so yeah. I started working out like a maniac and my sophomore year I was wrestling at like 122 129 the next time I stepped on the mat I was 154 pounds because I just like just worked out like crazy and I just got myself really strong yeah, I love it. It absolutely works. How did you uh, develop the body bell method? And for those that have not heard of it, and how does what are the benefits of it? Okay, well, well, I'm not surprised people haven't heard of it because it's brand new. Uh, I I came into developing this from well, obviously years and years and years of training, and I was putting forth a mix in my classes where it was kettlebells, body weight, dynamic tension. You know, a very minimalist type of approach to training. And I was doing a lot of uh, seminars for the RKC, Russian Kettlebell Challenge, Dragon Door. And then I, I just saw people were kind of asking for me and you know, I had to split the money. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, you know, why don't I just do this myself? And I was listening to a lot of feedback because I've taken a lot of seminars, gone, you know, attended a lot, and I, I listened to people and I've conducted, I don't even know how many dozens and dozens. And, and I know that personal trainers, time is finite. 
Okay. So if you're doing a two or three day certification, it's too much. That could be four or five days you're missing, you're missing out. So what I do is I designed it so at three different levels and each different level can be accomplished in one day. So it's more convenient. I also have it online as well. Level one is already online. Level two is in, is in editing right now. Now, the funny thing was that I had my first bodybuild method seminar. It was packed, great time, on March 8th, 2020. And we all know what happened after that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it kind of, kind of took the wind out of the sails for a little bit. Well, it's good because I developed it. With this, it takes kettlebells, hard style kettlebell training with body weight and dynamic tension, old school dynamic tension. This can be done with very little amount of equipment. So, hey, if you're on lockdown or if your clients are locked down, you can't go to the gym, you can do this whole workout in a six by six area with some kettlebells, a jump rope, a staff, dip in a pull-up station. Boom, you're good to go. That's all you need. And, and it's something that can last you through life. I mean, so if you look at it, we're, we're addressing, just look at all the different things we're addressing. We're addressing strength, right? Muscular endurance, explosive power, cardiovascular conditioning, mobility, flexibility, and a thing called sustained strength. I'm really big into the sustained strength. I like being able to do stuff that's hard for a long time. Does that make sense? For my, for my 59th birthday, I took 1.5% of my body weight and I did, I actually went up doing 60, but every minute on the minute, I deadlifted 285 pounds. Oh, I, did wow. it for an, I did it for an hour straight. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. That's so a... I think it about, I don't know if you know who Marty Gallagher is. Marty Gallagher used to write for Muscle and Fitness for like 35 years. He co-wrote one of my books with me. I love him. He's awesome. He's got uh, a raw, it's called Raw Podcast. And he's a world champion powerlifter. He's trained a bunch of world champions and record holders. And he actually co-wrote, I think I said, co-wrote Ferocious Fitness with me. And I was talking to him about this because he likes my sustained strength thing. And, you know, he goes, you know, you should, you should work this out and roll it out to a couple other people and do like a study on it. And I'm like, it's a great idea. So I'm going to do that in January. So what I'm going to do is do that once a month, right? And try to add 10 pounds every month. So you do that once a month. By the end of the year, you'll add 120 pounds to your deadlift. And it can be done with relatively little equipment and a small space. What's better than that? Yeah, really. Definitely in the time and age that we're in now, because otherwise you have to go out and either spend a ton of money on getting some weights that, that you can, like the Bowflex weights. I have mm -hmm. some of those, but they're investment. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have that, then you have to go out and buy all those mini weights Yep, yep. So yeah. Kettlebell. I mean, honestly, if you if you have four kettlebells, four pair if you can afford, but if you have four pair of kettlebells, that's all you ever need. I mean, so if you want to get bit like you want to get lineman strong, big for a power lift or something, no, that's it's not gonna it's not gonna get you there. But as far as just overall fitness and, and, and conditioning and mobility and all that stuff, you, you can't beat it. You really can't. And the things like if you look at body weight training, right? The best way to know if you're at the correct weight is being able to move your body itself. So body weight exercise tell you that, hey, gosh, I guess I'm a right weight. Or gosh, if you topple over, can't do a pull up, maybe you're not the right weight. Yeah. So if there are people that are listening that are trainers, how do they get their your certification? Bodybuildmethod.com. Perfect. Yeah, contact me. Yeah. So if you're a trainer, you can, you can schedule up. I'll let you when we have a, a seminar or if you're a facility owner. You can um, contact me and I'll travel to your place 
whatever it takes. And there's a bonus to each facility. Let's say it's your facility, you hire me. Like if you get to a certain point, the, the facility only gets 20% for hosting fee. So it's not bad. Yeah. What is your key to overcoming adversity and staying motivated? Wow. Okay. So I pretty much have adversity my whole life. <laughs> so I mean, from uh, the fact that I was supposed to get blown up in a trade center to uh, to the fact that I kind of had a rebound from uh, my, my gym was packed in 2019. I mean, I just posted something yesterday. There was no room a year ago, right? Uh, two years ago, right now, there was no room on my jujitsu floor. None. I had to go around the corner. It was crazy. My post said, gosh, hey, join while there's still room, right? And then COVID hit. So, and I had to kind of retool and bounce back from that. When you're faced with adversity, and I liken it to this, when you're a fighter, everybody likes to win. Everybody likes to win, but you got to hate to lose. So I'm going to do anything so I don't lose. I don't care what it is. Yeah. And I get knocked down. Things that, that, that drive me forward. When you say motivation, yeah, motivation is good, but motivation wanes after a time, after yeah. a while. Drive. What is your driver? So what you have to do is you have to find what spurs you on. A couple of things really drove me on were my kids. I was a single dad for a long time, and I, I didn't want my kids to see me fail. So I just wanted to set, not just set this example, I wanted to be the example. And, and then as far as my personal conditioning and so forth, I look at my dad, who was a you know, very good athlete, so forth, but he let himself get very large. I mean, he was two inches shorter than me and 100 pounds heavier. And and I look at how he never really got to know my kids well. He didn't even meet, he didn't even meet one of them. And that's, I, I just don't want that to happen. So that's one of my, one of my big drivers is that I, I want to be around and I want to do my best all the time. And I hate to lose. I don't like losing either. It's a great motivator. So what is the 90 days of suck? Yes, that is my phrase. It okay. is your phrase. 90 days of suck. See, the thing is that people always speak of like exacting change and forming new habits and doing things like that. It takes a good three months or 90 days for something to be effectual. You look at some of the old, even if you look at some of the old Joe Weider bodybuilding magazines that I used to read when I was a kid, you know, they did like the triple threat program. It was always based on a 90-day cycle. So in order to exact a change, in order to see a, a difference, in order to, you know, form a, a habit, it's got to take 90 days of doing it, you know, consistently, religiously. And that's one of the toughest things. That's why you have to find those drivers. All these things go together. You have to find these drivers, employ them, and make sure you stay consistent, stick to your regimen. I mean, look, every day I get up, my back stretches, and then I do 50 squats, 50 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, 10 bridges, uh, five RDLs each side, and neck exercises every morning. It's amazing. And I don't feel like doing it. Yeah. But I do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I didn't feel like doing it today, but I got up and did it. Yeah. So. And I think you and I talked about the first time that I did a fitness competition, it was 90 yeah. days. And when I realized I could transform <laughs> myself within 90 days, then mm -hmm. I thought I could do anything in 90 days. Thank you. It's yeah. empowering, right? Yeah. But the things you got, like I tell my clients this too, you know, I have sometimes people come in, they're very deconditioned. I'm like, listen, first 90 days are going to suck. And like day three, I'm like, okay, you got 87 days of suck left. How are you doing? I love it. And yeah. And during that time, you're getting used to what you're eating. You're getting used to, oh yeah. What's my routine again? What do I, until it becomes second nature. No. Yeah. And, and you know, don't give yourself excuses. 
you know, excuses are like armpits. Everyone's got them and they all stink. So you can you share some of your achievements in fighting and in martial arts and how it helped you to equip people with a self-defense? Okay, so for the record, I competed on a national level from 1979 to 2010. So in various combat arenas. In 1979, as a junior in high school, after I rehabbed my back and all that, I took second in AAU Greco-Roman uh, Junior Olympics. And my senior year, I broke my thumb in a state, so I didn't get to go. <laughs> and then my last real competition was the, on the Naga Battle of the Beach. I won that in 2010. So now if you really want to say, I did compete over four decades. That's amazing. <laughs> so it was yeah, more like 31 years of, of that level competition. I did have to take a little time off because I, I, I was hit by a drunk driver once, which wasn't good. But let's see. So I won uh, New Jersey State eight-time gold medalist in karate. I was the MVP for the New York, New Jersey challenge when they, we fought them. New York, New Jersey, top five guys fought, and uh, we won. I scored the most points for our team. I was a uh, Naga champion, Gi and no Gi. I was a Bondo free fighting, like it's like kickboxing champion, you know, allowed leg kicks and all that stuff. I took third, it was a bronze medalist in 92 in the AAU uh, Taekwondo nationals. And so many other ones. I mean, so many wrestling tournaments, and bodybuilding and powerlifting that I did too. There's so many smaller ones. I mean, I, I, I amassed between 80 and 90 trophies and medals. Wow. The, the thing that helped me too is that I was a bouncer and a bodyguard. I was a bouncer part-time for like over 20 years. And then I also did some executive protection work, bodyguard work. So what I got to see what really worked and what didn't work. You know, I'm not the biggest guy in the world. I'm only like 5'10", 190 pounds. So bouncing, you know, I'm looking up at a guy like this, telling him the, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then sometimes you have to go or you're you know, outnumbered or whatever it is. But you know, as a matter of fact, one of the things that I, I was, I faced several times people that were armed. And one of them, I got a uh, accommodation from the chief of police and the county executive from Prince George's County, Maryland. A guy stabbed a guy eight times right in front of my apartment. Yeah, PG County is like some really rough areas there. And I used to live in one of them. And I chased the guy down the street and he turned a knife on me. Wow. Uh, you know, didn't work out good for him. You know, but, and uh, so they gave me all these write-ups and commendations and stuff. And I got those in the Washington Post. And then that, that was like probably the most famous one. Uh, there were other ones that had working. I bounced in Hell's Kitchen. I bounced at the Copacabana, the Underground, the Doo-Wop, a lot of different places down the west side and east side of New York. So you actually have a book on self-defense. How does that help people? Well, the thing is that we, we talk about techniques, but mostly about principles, principles, because you can have all, a million different techniques, right? But you, you have to pay attention to principles. And, and mostly one of the things I speak to the three A's, I, I, I speak in threes, like we have the three A's are awareness, avoidance, and action. And the three F's are fight, flight, or freeze. Unfortunately, many people, first time they were confronted, they freeze. And that's something how you have to learn to get over. And you want to create this thing I call instinctive technique, IT, that you're trained so well that when it happens, boom, just react. You know, so we go over a bunch of different scenarios, go everything from uh, being attacked by a dog to being to being in a situation where there's a, a, a huge crowd and you're and there's a mob scene. Because I've actually been in those too, doing bodyguard work and so forth. I had a couple of I've had a couple of hairy scenes I talk about. It, I said what happened because you have to also be careful, especially when you have these, these terrorist situations. 
Because sometimes you go from the from the frying pan into the fire because you think you're running to safety, but you're not. You're running to a worse situation. Mm -hmm. So that's why you you want to do one thing. If one thing I can get across to people is cooler heads prevail. So keep your cool, observe, don't react with the crowd, get you back to the wall, look around, see your options. Okay, these are all the things that go over the book, not just about techniques, it's about mindset because mindset and principles are what's going to get you through a different you know, a, a situation. And also there's a body conditioning in the book too, like workouts you can do without any equipment. That's really, really good. So one question, do you ever teach your uh, daughters? Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, my oldest daughter is second degree black belt. She competed, you know, quite a bit. And she's got five powerlifting records, two in Florida, three in New Jersey. Wow. And she's yeah, and she's doing her uh, doctorate in microbiology in Florida right now. That's incredible. <laughs> and then I have my little one who uh, she's a little bit of a tiger. She's good. Uh, she's a good athlete. So we're, we're gonna be working out after this. I got the heavy bag ready for. Her. So I, I did my workout prior, and then you know I got my son too, who's a big strong kid, and uh, but he he's a uh, graduate college ready too. He's up in Maine. I love that. My dad was one level down from black belt. Mm -hmm. in karate or no was it karate or was it taekwondo i think it was taekwondo but he taught mm -hmm. me how to flip a guy at yeah. when i was age five he was mm -hmm. like this thing <laughs> and so as soon as i i could flip him and then he's like okay mm -hmm. now we got it so yeah, now you're okay <laughs> that's the only thing i can do but if someone comes up and tax me you're getting it helped me in junior high a little bit <laughs> oh yeah i'm sure i'm sure she was little, pretty big like like her brother uh, but my older one was little and, and she was on the playground, sixth grade, and three boys were, you know, picking on her. And she just started like kicking and punching, bang, 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 getting them all away from her, right? And they ran away from her. Oh my God, she knows Kung Fu. Yeah. Like, yeah, that happened to me too. I actually split a guy's eye open, but the, the guy mm -hmm. grabbed my leg. So if you grab my leg, you get a you get a split eye. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Yeah, right. So <laughs> everything has its price. So what are some of the programs that you offer online besides the kettlebell certification? Oh, yeah, I have. I've got the the bodybell method as we discussed, and then I have a thing called uh, the kettlebell, the secrets of kettlebells. Okay. So what I do is I take the different major aspects, like eight different the eight basic moves, what I call the grade eight, or, you know, it's actually super seven plus one. So I have your swing, deadlift, clean, press, squat, get up, row, and did I, did I say press? Uh, snatch, snatch, of course. So you got all those and I break them down in, in, in a video format. So you have that available too. I have Survival Strong, the whole level one certification that's up online as well. And uh, I have a, a called American Eagle Live. I, I post videos up there. That's a, a, a Facebook site. So you know, as you post, you know, one to two videos up there a week, there's like, there's hundreds of them. I mean, everything from knife fighting on that to, uh, to kettlebells, to body weight, to boxing, to kickboxing. So I do a whole bunch of different workouts. And, you know, anything revolved around what I do. Yeah. You know, it has to be, Kicking, punching. I, you know, I love using knives. I, I put some of that on there as well. So all these are available on my philross.com site. So if you want to check Perfect. that out. Do you have any client success stories that you want to share? There's, there's so many of them, but I'd say that two of them come to mind. But there's so many people that I've gotten off of blood pressure pills, you know, no longer taking cholesterol. So they're off all these medications because of the training. But two, 
that really stick out in my mind. One of them is a woman came to me and she was in her mid thirties. She had had three kids and she had AFib in her heart. She, and she, I mean, she was like dropped down. She was in the hospital a couple of times. She said she had to do something. So started training her. And then all of a sudden she stopped having episodes. Mm. And then a year later, she goes to the doctor and the doctor says, you know, what are you doing? She goes, well, I'm doing some kettlebell training, some martial arts, blah, 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 blah. She goes, well, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Now, she wound up actually having another child, okay? Wow. And, and she actually became an instructor. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Now, a woman who had four kids, she can bang out pull-ups now. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Hard it is. Yeah, yeah. especially like, you know, all torn up here. Yeah. Uh, you know, so she just became very good friends. I think her, her mom hugs me, loves me because I saved her daughter's life or whatever else she thinks. But I mean, I don't know. I just trained her the best I could. But this other girl, and actually it was around this time of year. I can't remember. It was like in the 90s, late 90s. I'm at my school and one of the students, a girl that I trained who went away to college, she comes in, she starts hugging and kissing me. I'm like, yeah, not that I mind. But I'm like, oh, well, why? She goes, you saved my daughter's life. I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, well, her daughter, I mean, she's a beautiful little girl, like 110 pounds. Like she was a model, like gorgeous girl. Walking back from study, she's going to American University down in DC. And it was late at night. She broke one of my rules, was going alone. And she was attacked by a guy wielding a knife, a very large man wielding a knife, three, four times her size. I mean, he was over 300 pounds. She put him in a hospital. Really? Wow. So those are a couple of my most, I'd say, dramatic, you know, one from fitness, one from self-defense, that uh, success story. Those are, those are two that always stick out in my mind. Yeah. So what do you think your truth has been that's gotten you this far in your journey? Walk the talk. Lead from the front. So many people don't, I believe, set the right example and they BS a lot. Okay? It's one thing I found in martial arts and fitness world and so forth that I, people really truthful about their what they've done like i mean when i start off my book survival strong i list a whole thing a whole bunch of things that i'm not here's what i'm not i'm not this 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 they say well gosh why what makes you you know qualified to to write a self-defense book and i said this these things so uh, that's the thing you, you look at like as many people would ask me years ago why i didn't write a book why i didn't, I didn't have videos and so forth and i said well i go in my mind i didn't know enough i, I hadn't accomplished enough yet so as i said i always want to walk the walk talk the talk yeah too many people just talk the talk and don't do it i don't i, I leave from the front i want my people to know trust in me that i'm doing the right thing for them because i've done this I can't expect you to do something I never would even try. Yeah. If you were able to give yourself one piece of advice when you first started out, what would it be? Go for the money. It's advice that I give to martial arts school owners and and to my college students who are aspiring to be trainers. And here's the thing. Not everyone's going to like you or your methods. Look, I know. Imagine that. Someone doesn't like me. Go figure. I can't figure it out. But but not everybody does. Not everybody's gonna like you. Not everybody's gonna like your method. And I think that would drive me nuts when I was young. Like, wait, this is the best stuff there is. How can you not do this? The other thing is another piece of advice though, too, is that not everyone. I was just having this talk with a good friend of mine. He's younger than me. I'm helping him out, working with him a little bit at his place. And so not everybody's gonna want to achieve to your level. Not everybody's capable of achieving to your level. Most people don't even want to sacrifice to get up to your level. But 
it doesn't mean that they're not going to be a better person or better because of the training you're providing them. Well, it, it, it was like, you know, it's funny because when I first got my black belt, I'm like, gosh, everybody wants to be a black belt. Everyone wants to be a champion. Everyone wants to fight every weekend. You know, I mean, I would fight, I would compete once a month. Imagine I'd have like three to four fights a month for years. You, you imagine how many fights I amassed. Okay. I thought, okay, so you're supposed to do Who the hell wants to do that? Most sane people have no, that don't want any part of that. Okay. I mean, I had hundreds of fights, hundreds. Who wants to do that? Okay. So not many people want to do it, but when you're doing it, you're like, oh, this is, I'm young. And I'm thinking this is what everybody wants to do. No, they don't. Most people, they just want to like, try to get in shape and take care of themselves. You know? But the thing is that you have to, you have to still maintain your level of excellence. And you know, I'm always going to maintain my gold standard. And when people get certified with me, it's not just taking some written tests. They have to perform and they have to do it and be able to teach it. So I love that. That's so true. And yeah, you're right. So many people don't walk the walk. And also what rings true is when you're passionate about something and you've set yourself that high level, recognizing that other people can still benefit from what you're offering, but they don't have to be as extreme as you. Well, listen, you go to college, someone goes to college, somebody gets A's, somebody gets B's and C's. They still get a degree, right? Yeah. Now, maybe that's all that person could achieve, or maybe that's all they're willing to put in the time to achieve is a B or a C. But did they still achieve something? Yeah. Yeah. They're not, they're not going to graduate top of the class, right? But still, they graduated. They did okay. They're better than they were than they, when they started. And so that's the way I look at it. You, know, you have some A students. You have a lot of B, some C, and a couple of D, and then the rest of them are going to fall out and fail. Yeah. So, yeah. I want to mention your Facebook, which is Master Phil Industries. That's correct. Yes. yes. And then your Instagram, Kettlebell King, which I yes. love. I love that name. <laughs> I own that URL too, kettlebellking.com comes to mind too. I, and it's funny, somebody gave me that name. One of my friends years ago, because when hardly anybody was doing kettlebells, people were calling them cowbells, kettleballs, all that kind of stuff. Some people still do that. But and I'm showing him the stuff, and he's like, I knew him for wrestling. He goes, Wow, he goes, You like the kettlebell king? I guess I'm Master Phil. Well, I'm you wondering, kinda, hey, here's Master Phil. You kind of earned it. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. kind of well, earned it. If you ever see my speech, I did I, when I graduated from my master's, you know, I was the uh, speaker to the commencement. And uh, people ask, Oh, are you going for your PhD? I said, No, I'm not going for my doctorate. Because listen, there's already one Dr. Phil and he messed that name up. So I'll just stick with Master Phil. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your expertise and your journey. It's completely fascinating and inspiring. And it makes me want to go and like, I need to hit the way. Hit a bag, lift some weight. Thank you so much for coming on today. And thank you for having me. It's been a true pleasure. And I, I hope that I was able to reach some people in the audience and maybe inspire them to get involved and, and embrace that 90 days of stuff. Because once you embrace that 90 days of stuff, nothing can stop you. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for that reminder too. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're listening, you want more information about this podcast and upcoming shows, you can visit com. Thank you everyone and have a wonderful week. <laughs>